Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Okay, so the federal government making it known that there are some changes coming to tobacco regulations, uh, but also it's going to apply to e-cigarettes, to vaping. Now, we don't know exactly what they have in store, and I think there is reason to be concerned, especially when you look at how other jurisdictions in Canada have tried to regulate e-cigarettes, which I think is only restricted access to them or made it more difficult, I think, for people to make that transition from tobacco to e-cigarettes. This from uh, Canadian Press. Here's um, they were speaking with Health Minister Jane Philpott yesterday. And and here she talks a bit about what what's coming. Well, I think Canadians will be pleased that we have uh, acknowledged the fact that there should be some pan-Canadian regulatory standards in terms of uh, e-cigarettes and vaping. Many of the provinces uh, have already stepped into this space, recognizing that there are some challenges. This is part of a a bigger picture for us in terms of uh, tobacco strategy in general. Uh, But in terms of the vaping and e-cigarettes, it's a challenging area. For one thing that we're lacking... Uh, adequate evidence to to completely understand the risks and benefits of e-cigarettes and so we acknowledge that one of the things that needs to be done is to increase the evidence. There are um, potential benefits to e-cigarettes and many people of course want to make sure that there will remain access because they are a useful harm reduction uh, technique for people who are smoking and you'll hear stories all over Canada of people who have successfully been able to taper off uh, their, their need for nicotine through cigarettes by using electronic cigarettes. So um, that's a that's a good thing. That's a benefit. But there are potential harms as well. In fact, we're, we've seen recent reports that young people are increasingly using vaping products, particularly some of the flavored vaping products. That is often an entry into uh, nicotine nicotine use in uh, teenagers. And so we have to balance off those risks and benefits. It's going to be challenging, and uh, we really look forward to the conversations and making sure that we provide uh, regulations that will be supportive uh, to Canadians. All right, so there you go. The federal health minister talking about potential benefits to e-cigarettes, how people have used them as, as a harm reduction tool. That, that sounds encouraging. Uh, well, joining us on the line here this afternoon, Derek Frum is a staff lawyer with the Canadian Constitution Foundation. Uh, they're watching this very closely. Derek, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rob. All right, so what, what do you make of uh, what the government said in its press release, which you heard there from the health minister? Well, you know, uh, there's not enough information yet to be able to judge whether there's going to be a good policy, in my opinion, or a bad policy in the works. But, uh, you know, it sounds like she's saying all the right things for both. So I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful, actually, because she did acknowledge some things that I thought were very helpful. Um, But in the whole, I don't really hear anything there that uh, really tips their... uh, you know, gives us uh, gives us any indication of which way they're going to go in the end. Yeah, no, that's probably true. Now, maybe then, in, in terms of what needs to be done, I mean, it, it seems as though there there's a void, a, a regulatory void that Health Canada could mm-hmm. fill. I mean, right now, technically, uh, products containing nicotine aren't even authorized to be sold in Canada. Isn't that the case? 
Well, I, I think there is a regulatory void, especially for e-juices, as, as they uh, are called, mm-hmm. the, the juice that's actually used in these e-cigarettes. But, uh, you know, it's, it's important here that, that I don't think that anyone in the industry wants this to become construed as suddenly being a health product rather than just a harm reduction product. And I think, I think that's an important distinction. And I think the worry is if the feds get in, they could take it to a, a really extreme position that makes it very difficult for manufacturers, importers, and, and sellers of these types of products to satisfy the government uh, for safety. Maybe they make a, a really difficult regime that requires you to submit everything you do for prior approval rather than just have the government set up a certain sort of a standardized system of what's an approved way to manufacture or what ingredients are approved. You know, it, the devil's in the details, how they decide to put all this together. But, you know, what's, what's really interesting in this is how e-cigarettes are such a great opportunity for Canada. And I really hope this opportunity isn't lost on the federal government as they're looking at this. Just right now, every single smoker in this country, as an individual, if a smoker quits, they will save the public health care system $8,500, a little bit more than $8,500, just one person quitting. And there has been a downward trend in Canada over the last number of years. But, you know, the, the interesting thing here is that the free market, it's not the government, it's not central planning, none of these things, but it's the free market has found a solution that could end smoking and end the addiction of smoking. And what's so exciting about it is that e-cigarettes are known to be 95% less harmful than smoking. And on top of that, they're also less expensive. And what you know, my concern here is that when she talks about balancing the need uh, of uh, having adults access smoking uh, products like vape or smoking cessation products and then talks about balancing that against youth and nicotine addiction. She's, she's saying some of the terms that I hear people on the other side of the argument who want to restrict access to uh, e-cigarettes. I hear some of that in her lingo. For instance, she said, we need to balance, we need a balance to protect youth from nicotine addiction. Now, this is a little bit contentious perhaps, but nicotine, and people didn't know this maybe, but nicotine is actually not all that harmful in and of itself. It's actually, the problem with smoking is inhaling combusted material into your lungs. It's the combustion, it's the smoke itself that's so deadly for people over time. Nicotine itself, well, you can just do a Google search and look for nicotine poisoning. It's relatively rare. It doesn't happen very often. Now, that's not to say that you want to be addicted to nicotine. But nicotine is what makes it difficult to stop smoking. It's not necessarily what's harmful about smoking. So protecting youth from nicotine addiction, I hear that. And I'm not really sure what it means. And I, I, I worry that she's uh, espousing a sort of gateway hypothesis, which has been completely dismissed by the evidence on this, that, that youth don't suddenly pick up a, an e-cigarette vape for a little while and say, hey, you know what, I think I'm going to move to cigarettes. That just doesn't happen. There's very clear evidence that this doesn't happen. So I I get a little concerned about that. But on the other hand, when she talks about how allowing adult smokers to gain access to vaping technology, that's very encouraging to me because this is a great public health opportunity. Canada has a great opportunity here to make sure that people who are addicted to smoking have access to these products. It will save their lives, save their health, 
and it'll end up costing our public health care systems a lot less money. Right. And, and hopefully they, they recognize that. Um, you know, it's an interesting point about, about young people because we're seeing it right now happen. The, the youth smoke rate continues to go down, uh, even though, you know, there, there's some suggestion that kids have experimented with e-cigarettes. So it's clearly not a gateway to smoking. I think we can put that, that issue to rest. Yeah. Doesn't make sense that we have some rules in place, though, that we say, you know, we have a certain age limit for nicotine products. Maybe that's different than, than tobacco. I mean, right now you have to be 18 to smoke. You have to be 19 in some provinces to drink. You can be any age and, and you know, buy energy drinks or drink caffeine. So, I mean, we, we've got different drugs regulated different ways. How, how do we approach sure. e-cigarettes? Well, you know, I think there's a really good model right here in Calgary. Some of the vape shops here in Calgary have banded together, formed an association, and they have their own ethical standards. They won't sell to minors. I believe they set the age at 18. It's a brilliant idea. So what happens then is they have just decided amongst themselves they're going to self-regulate and ensure that youth don't have access to these products. Now, on the other hand, I think it's important that when, a, when someone who is less than 18 is addicted to smoking, and it does happen, there are people who are minors who acquire cigarettes illegally and become addicted, we need to make sure that they have access to something that is less harmful as well. Because if we don't, what we're doing is we're saying, we prefer that a 14-year-old smokes. They're addicted. They can't stop. We prefer that that 14-year-old smokes, harms their health, risks their lives rather than allow them to have this product that's, you know, everyone agrees is 95% safer and is 40% cheaper. So there must be some balance there, but I, I, I can't see any reason why we should allow an open West, you know, a wild West type situation where anything goes. That, that's not what anyone would ask for, I don't believe. Yeah, but that's an interesting point. I mean, if the, the consideration is that we have a 17-year-old who doesn't use any nicotine products, do we prefer that to that that young person picking up the habit of vaping? That's one question. But if we have a 17-year-old who smokes cigarettes, do we want that that young person to be able to maybe move to, to e-cigarettes and, and get off of the more dangerous product? That, that's That's a question worth asking, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. And, you know, there's a number of ways you can do that. You could have a doctor's note. You could have parental consent, all sorts of things. And I, I don't think that that should be a barrier. But if it is, it's, you know, if the government does come through and just prohibit anyone under 18 or anyone under 21 from using e-cigarettes, then it will be problematic. In terms of, of where e-cigarettes can be used, I, I think what we've seen in a lot of jurisdictions, even in Calgary, I mean, we, we start to equate e-cigarettes with tobacco smoke, and we say wherever smoking is prohibited, e-cigarettes are going to be prohibited, which I, I don't know makes sense in every case. And, and maybe we should give smokers the incentive of moving to e-cigarettes, and part of that might involve, well, I can use these in places where I couldn't otherwise smoke. Do we need to look at it that way? And you, I think that's very important. And now I would say private private property owners should be able to decide what happens on their property. And interestingly, the city of Toronto took a really interesting initiative here. Toronto, when they first stepped into the regulating of e-cigarettes, they said in our municipal buildings, there will be no use of uh, e-cigarettes. But they didn't ban it in all public places. Now, Calgary took a different tact and Calgary banned it in all places that the public generally has access and carved out a few exemptions for vape shops. Now, the problem is that the more difficult you make it for a smoker to access vaping technology, the more likely it is that they're going to continue smoking. Now, some of it's 
based upon the technology. One of the one of the things, for instance, is that vape vaporizers or e-cigarettes deliver much less nicotine than a cigarette does. So if you're already struggling to quit and you're you're forced to go stand with the smokers while you use your e-cigarette, all of a sudden your odds of quitting are much much lower. It's like what's been explained to me is is uh, having an AA meeting at happy hour in a bar. It just makes it extremely difficult. And so when you get these sorts of rules in place, the cumulative effect seems to be that that the smokers will remain smoking rather than defeating their addiction and moving on to the less harmful, less harmful behavior. So where I wouldn't say that private property owners shouldn't be able to decide what happens on their own property, they should. But when the city steps in and says, for instance, that that restaurants on their patios need to ban the use of e-cigarettes. That seems to be a little far-fetched to me. There's absolutely zero evidence of any sort of problem, uh, health problem associated with secondhand vaporizers, secondhand vapor. There's just no such thing. And so what we're left with is the appearance of the vapor going around the, the person's using e-cigarette. And that's really all that's there. There's no no health concern, no problems. But the more of these rules that get stacked up, the more and more difficult it becomes for smokers to switch. And what we need to do, I believe, all across this country is view this as a public health opportunity. Look, we can save lives, we can save money, and we can make Canada a better place just by uh, incentivizing smokers to move from smoking to the use of vaporizers. It's also worth noting, by the way, I mean, the Supreme Court has already established that, that harm reduction is a, is a health issue. It is a Section 7 charter issue. So, the, so that potentially comes into play here, doesn't it? That's right. And that's the Canadian Constitution Foundation, where I work. That was our original interest in this, is that we saw this, and it was explained to us, and we understood it right away, that this is actually a charter Section 7 issue. And it goes back to a 2011 case. It's sort of an infamous case. But it was the Insight case, the PHS case out of Vancouver, the safe injection site. In that case, what the Supreme Court of Canada decided was that when someone who is an addict is incentivized in remaining remaining an addict, so continuing on in their harmful behavior by the government's laws and rules that they set in place, they have a claim against the government because when people want to access harm reduction or less harmful behaviors that will save their lives, save their health. They should be able to do that. And if the government is throwing up arbitrary and irrational barriers preventing that, well, then they have a Charter Section 7 claim because it infringes on their life, their right to life, and their right to security of the person. Smokers, well, if you are trying to quit and the government throws up needless barriers, irrational barriers, that prevent you from accessing safe vaporizer technology, well, then you also have a section claim, section seven claim against the government. Because effectively what the government is doing is saying, we would prefer that you continued your smoking, your harmful killing behavior. We would prefer that to actually using this less harmful thing. And if that is the case, then they have broken your section seven rights. All right, more at theccf.ca. Derek, appreciate the input on this story. Thanks for joining us here. Thanks, Rob. All right, Derek Fromm is a staff lawyer with the Canadian Constitution Foundation. They're going to be watching this closely. Let's take a break here. We'll come back. I want to get your thoughts on how the federal government should approach e-cigarettes. 974-8255. We're back after this.
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.